everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Word About Wealth, a podcast where we tackle the often complicated world of money and finance. My name is Kevin. And this is Van. What we do here on this podcast is take a common sense approach to topics surrounding money. Our job is to build wealth for you. You like that? For me? Yeah. Just for me, but not for you, right, Kevin? Yes, that's right. Just for you. (laughs) It is important to note here that we are not financial advisors, nor do we pretend to be. What we share on this podcast should be taken as general education, and financial entertainment, and must not be misconstrued as financial advice. That's correct. Or official financial advice. Official financial advice. Right. How's it going, Van? It's going good. How about yourself, sir? Good. We were just talking about Westworld coming back. Oh, right. I'm very excited about that. It actually, it came back, right? So you saw this first episode, right? I meant to say, we watched the first episode. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also watched Avengers last night. Oh, you did? I'm so so jealous. You know, Tyrion from Mm. Game of Thrones Mm -hmm. uh, is in Avengers. Is he really? Yeah. As as Tyrion? No, no, no. no. He's actually a dwarf, but he's a giant dwarf. Oh, oh, cool. It's crazy. Oh, nice. But uh, I love I love seeing uh, Peter Dinklage back. So very cool Good stuff. But yeah, Westworld. I, I was a little confused, but there was another podcast that we watched. I think it's called Decoding Westworld. Ah, it's one, right. one, one of our, one of my favorites. I think yeah. you, you listen to that every yes. now and then as well. And Joe yeah, Robinson, yeah, and Dave Chensky, right? Dave Chensky. <laughs> and yeah. I know. I know um, it's really good. It's good to hear their feedback because I miss a lot of things of, uh, from watching the episode, and they usually Same. fill in all the blanks. And Same. usually those blanks are pretty big when I watch those shows. Same. Well, you know. Some might say that's what we do for finance. Oh, oh you see what I did there? I like that. Yeah, uh, uh. I like that. Since, uh, you know, that's what we do here. Right. That's what, we, what are we talking about today, man? We're talking about going green. Going Kevin, green. Going green, right? Does that mean uh, more dollar bills? Oh, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Wow. I actually, guess that kind of makes sense. Huh? Actually, it was On fire today. <laughs> I was actually thinking more along the lines of uh, being environmentally responsible and so forth, right? But you're right. I think uh, in this episode, we really want to talk about solar power for your solar house. Solar power. Right. And uh, let, let me tell you why this, was, why this came about here, okay? But before you do that, can you tell everybody the title of the episode? <laughs> yes. Because it uh, sounds like a, play, uh, a line right out of Super Mario Brothers. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes. It's, uh, so our title is called, Now You're Playing With Power. Solar power. <laughs> so lame. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, please, Nintendo, Go please ahead. don't steal it. So you were saying, uh, why did this come up? My wife and I, I think we're pretty, we try to be environmentally uh, responsible. And yes. we are, you know, we try to, you know, recycle all the time and we try to be as green as possible. I mean, my wife drives a hybrid for, mm-hmm. right, for Pete's sake, right? And we, this is something, solar energy, it was something that we've always thought, we always thought about, but we never really took a real great action to do. Mm-hmm. A while back, about 10 years ago, there was that documentary from um, Al Gore, our oh, yeah, previous right. uh, vice president. It's, yes. What was it called? Like Inconvenient Truth, right? Yes. And then I was, uh, when I went to my trip to uh, Florida, I, I decided to watch the sequel, uh, which oh, is yeah, the, in, the, the Inconvenient Sequel. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of reminded us that, hey, like, we're not in great shape with the planet and so forth, right? And I know th- those two documentaries get a lot of flack and they get a lot of uh, you know, controversy around yeah. them because some people don't think, uh, don't think uh, what is it, uh, global warming exists yeah. and other people say they do, but uh, in my opinion, I mean, yeah. if the scientists are, if like... You know, 99% all, of science. Exactly. If 99% of scientists saying that it exists and if every year that we're living in is like the wor- record year for, um, for heat... It's probably true, right, Kevin? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I definitely think there's a lot of evidence for it. We're going to leave the politics out of it, obviously. Right, yeah. I know this is a very hot top- topic issue, but we are definitely in the minority of countries, um, surprisingly, that actually doesn't accept. Or th- that has a portion of our... Uh, that there's a debate exactly. about whether it exists, not about... Most people debate about how. what do we do with it. Right. You know, and there's politics on which side of those. We're debating... 
whether it exists or not. Exactly. So we're kind of a little bit behind in terms of that conversation. Right. To be honest, I am in the philosophy that we should leave the planet in a better shape than we, uh, than, you know, than we came into it. Right. So I feel like even if you don't believe in global warming, you should believe that you should uh, in polluting less and uh, being more, uh, you know, using more renewables and things like that. Right. Just to be not only financially responsible, but also environmentally responsible and even responsible for, you know, our, our livelihood. Right. Because they always say, oh, let's save the earth. But, you know, newsflash, the earth is going to be fine, but it's just us that (laughs) that may not be messing it up. Right. No, I love that. Van, and I think that's the way that we want to approach today's episode is that, look, regardless of your political opinions on global warming, these are saving and, and, and making sure the planet is in good shape right. is not, there's no political anything to right. that. That's right. just, there aren't any borderlines or yeah, anything there, right? It's like, come on. So... Um, but this is not a this is not, this is not a Greenpeace type of oh, yeah, that's <laughs> podcast, true. right? We're not there. So we are going to talk about the, some of the financial impacts of having solar power for yes. your home, and, and how does it build the wealth? Exactly, yeah. right? Because we're all, again, our whole point is always going to come back to uh, money, wealth, and you know, how anything we talk about is going to affect that. So, bottom line. So Van, this episode I know was kind of a we had our slate of episodes, but we kind of slotted this in because we're right. actually going through to to some degree, and I, I know am. we'll talk about it later today. Right, but. right. So yeah, I, I am going through the whole process of getting quotes and figure, you know, doing my research, and actually it, it was a, in a way it was kind of doing me a favor because I spent a lot of time researching for the show anyway. So I figured, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, since I'm going to research for yeah. solar, I might as well, might as well. Th- throw it in as an episode. Cool. And I, I think people, some of our viewers are probably thinking about, they probably do understand that solar is a really good way and to not only be environmentally friendly, but yeah. also that it may save you money in the, in yes. the long term, right? But they just don't know how yet. And, uh, you know, with you guys, folks, I'm going to give you the cheat sheet. That's what we do. Always shortcuts here. Right, exactly. Um, well, let's dive in, man. We hear a lot about solar and you... You know, I'm just speaking as a layman because I don't mm-hmm. know much about this topic. Sure. I just my neighbor across the street about half a year ago. Right. He got some guys going up on the roof, oh, putting yeah. on these like these uh, UFO looking thingies. Oh, so okay. I take it those are solar panels. Sure. sure. Um, so that's what UFO things, you know, it's kind of like, I mean, uh, they had like flashing lights on the yeah, side and like a know. tractor beam. You know, you know, man, you know, you get my point. OK, uh, some, yeah. some things on the roof. Right? OK, cool. Um, cool. So. That's kind of what you hear a lot about. You know, you go to Home Depot, those guys are always there trying to right. get you in a like, conversation. Like, You're like, how, no. much you, how much do you spend on your yeah. electricity bill and today? I'm, like, oh, right. I'm not interested. You right. know. What is solar energy and how does it work from a consumer standpoint? Sure. A solar, I keep saying solar system, but I'm really I'm, what I'm talking solar about, <laughs> a solar energy system, yeah. it, it really comprises of two components. First of all, those UFO thingies on the top of your roof, oh. they're called the solar panels. Oh, that was called. <laughs> And the solar panels are, they're installed on your roof because that's what converts that sunlight that you, that it absorbs and creates it into energy. Got right? it. And so it's on the roof because that's where the sun is going to shine. Right. Because you don't want to put it in your basement, right? Yeah. Not where the sun don't shine. Exactly. Okay. And then the second part of it is actually something called an inverter. Basically what it does, is it takes the energy from the solar, that is collected from the solar panel and then it converts it in a way that your household can use it. Got right? it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I, in my notes here, I had uh, some notes about, you know, DC power to AC power, but you know, I I'm not going to go through that because it kind of goes know, through some something more complicated. Class. But just think of it in a way where solar panels, they collect the energy and an inverter basically converts the energy so that you can use it in your home. Got it. Yeah. So when you're working with these companies, mm-hmm. uh, they will give you both of those things? I'm yes, assuming. it has okay. to, right? Because you can't just have one without the other. It, doesn't, it. it wouldn't make sense. And also, there could be like a third component too. I know that Tesla and uh, and um, Solar City they are advertising having a battery as well, and mm. the battery is you know, an optional third component, and it's 
I would say it's pretty expensive now, but it's definitely not required for everyone who wants to go solar. And the idea behind battery is that, so for instance, if you want to be off the grid or if you want to have um, use batteries that you generate from the solar at the nighttime, because obviously nighttime oh, there right. is no sun, right? Then you can use the battery to, to supplement a lot of your energy, let's put it Understood. that way. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but what happens if you don't have a battery in your nighttime? Does that mean you just go in the dark? Is that what happens? Well, you have to be hooked up. You still, you're still hooked up to these utility companies' power oh, grid. Oh, I see. So in the nighttime, you're still using their energy. Got it. So you're not necessarily off off the grid, even if Co- you have solar. Correct. Unless you have this battery. Exactly. And even with the battery, I, I believe that depending on where you are at. So if you're in a rural area, then you can theoretically be off grid because the law may not prevent you, uh, may allow you to do that. But then uh, I know where we live here, uh, you're not allowed to be off grid. Oh, entirely. interesting. Mm-hmm. So, Van, you kind of touched upon this earlier when we introduced the topic. Um, I guess, why why should someone consider solar? I mean, we talked about there's financial aspects of it. There's right. um, – and then potentially environmental. Is, is there – like, what are your thoughts on that? Is that kind of the key two reasons or are there more than that? Well, first of all, let's talk about the environmental aspects okay. of it, right? So, today, in the, American, the average American household – uses about 10,000 kilowatt hours of energy per year. So just just for round numbers yep. there, right? And assuming that the um, you know all your energy is coming from coal, right. that means that about you're burning about 10,000 pounds of coal every single year just to run per all your electricity per household, oh, which is crazy. But I mean, in the reality is most electric grids, they don't all use coal. So for instance, oh, in SoCal Edison, I think there's some the percentage that is some coal, another percentage that's natural gas, another percentage that is renewable and so I forth. See. So I'm just saying that, let's assume that if it's, all mostly coal, and I know that for certain places like um, that are you know some parts of the country, you know they have maybe more percentage of coal burning versus I other see. utilities. Then you know you, you're basically burning a, a one pound of coal for every kilowatt um, hour you're using. Wow! But again, you know if you're using solar, then you don't you're not burning any coal at that point, right? Mm-hmm. You're just you're basically you can run all day, your AC all day, and not worry about killing any polar bears, right? Good notes there. <laughs> yes. yes. But then again, you may be asking, like, uh, well, in the nighttime, we're not be burning coal in the nighttime. Sure. But a lot of times what these solar panels do is uh, since they generate um, a lot of energy during the, throughout the day, any excess energy actually gets pumped back into the oh, electric nice. grid. So that way, when you use the energy at night, you're basically using whatever energy that you already pumped back into the grid anyway. So if you're thinking like, well, I mean, yeah, yeah I'm not green at nighttime, but technically you are because you're, you're already using that energy that, oh, good that you already generated. Yeah. Okay. What about from a cost perspective? All right, so all right, because we're we're a money we're a money podcast, right? right? So, you can solar energy definitely can reduce your bill significantly. And when I say I'm saying reduce and not eliminate, keep that in mind. The main reason why I say that is because even when I turn on my solar, let's say I have my solar energy and all that, in order to be hooked up to the grid, the SoCal Edison also provides. They will charge me a fee to be connected to the grid. I see. And that fee is roughly about $10 per month. Okay. Right? So roughly about $120 a year, right? Yep. Yeah. For the average American uh, household, their monthly bill is right around $100 a month. So let's say uh, $1,200 a year. With that in mind, if you have a solar panel system that can power uh, your household instead of using the traditional method, you could probably break even with solar uh, between six to eight years. Yeah, and then like uh, you know, we talked about you know uh, pumping some of the power back into the grid, and that's something called net metering. And again, it's um, basically 
it just allows you to uh, use any excess energy that you create. Because most families, I would imagine, they are probably working in the daytime and this, the house is probably rather vacant, right? So you're not using any any energy then. But when you in the nighttime, when you use the energy from the electric grid, pretty much any credits that you generate from this net metering gets back to you in, in some form or fashion. Got it. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Yeah. I'm sorry, that was a kind of a roundabout way to explain it, but yeah. Overall, what I'm hearing is that there, a key reason why you should go to solar is mostly what you hear a lot of people talk about, which right. is over time you actually make money. Or right. not make money, but you Save end up money. saving a lot more money than if you were to just continue to be plugged into the grid, right? Right. And then you also have to realize that the energy, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if um, you experience this, Kevin. I mean, I'm sure everybody does, sure. but your energy rate probably increases over time, right? right. Even, I have a link here. That, but yep. In a link here, I actually f- uh, found that on average um, in the nation, it's around 2 to 3% per year. And when you say on average, I mean, some years, it, I've actually seen like the chart spread, and some years it's like 6%, some years 8%, some years like negative 2%, some oh. years one percent so it just depends yeah so it just it all depends it'll go up and down up and down but if you look at the trajectory it's always going up yeah all right so by buying solar you can basically cap what you're going to be paying essentially Understood. Yeah. well van i know it, we we, ta- we talked about taxes we just finished tax season yeah um, i know there's always a field on the tax return that talks about renewable energies or different types of uh upgrades to your home to to basically reduce your carbon footprint right um what about tax incentives? So tax, so there is a huge tax incentive today oh. to get solar, right? Because basically, if you buy solar today, you will get thirty percent tax credit. It's called a ITC, which is investment tax credit. Mm-hmm. And when remember with the credit, it's not a deduct. It's be- much better than a deduction. You Correct. actually get dollar for dollar back. Right. So let's say if you spend ten thousand dollars on a solar panel system. You get thirty percent back. Then that uh, that system really only costs you seven thousand bucks, yeah. right? So that that's great. And this is after tax and everything. So right. you factor in all the sales tax, all the labor, all the material. I mean, that is really the gross cost of your system. Wow. And then thirty percent off the top of that. Um, and is that going to be thirty percent for the rest of the forever in time? Or uh, unfortunately not. Unfortunately, yeah. So sunsets. Yeah, there is a sunset clause in there. Mm-hmm. So um, the thirty percent will actually go away at the end of twenty nineteen. And then oh, wow. starting 2020, it will actually be 26% tax credit. Mm-hmm. And then in 2020, uh, 2021, it will be 22% uh, tax credit. And then 2022 is actually going to be no, no more, right? You're going to have no tax credit wow. unless um, unless you are a commercial property where you have a permanent 10% oh, uh, really? credit after that. But, Good to know. but most residents aren't commercial property, yeah. so, so it's not going to help us really. And that's on the federal side. That's on the, the federal side. The state also has some. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So each state is going to be very different, right? I because mean, I, I was trying to research on, you know, trying, just hard. trying to figure out yeah. what each state is going to provide. But even within California, it's a little complicated because my understanding is that each energy company is given a certain amount of credits by the states. And then once those credits are gone, then oh. you're they can't give any more rebates or anything like I that see. unfortunately for in you know where we're at is for socal edison there is no more rebate for solar but you look at other um other energy companies they may have more more credit left over i see but i would say you know i was I actually list out here some of the states that do have incentive which is um arizona california colorado connecticut hawaii maryland massachusetts new hampshire new jersey new york Pennsylvania and South Carolina. All of those states, you should have some sort of benefits or some sort of um, incentives to, so to do so. Check well. that part out. Oh yeah, very yeah. cool. But what what about uh, maintenance costs, Van? Uh, I know that is that a, a key reason why we should consider solar. 
So maintenance is actually, my understanding is maintenance is very minimal on these uh, because these systems are really designed to be working for uh, at least 15 to 20 plus years uh, mm-hmm. without really anything done. I mean, the only time you have to worry about it is if, let's say, a tree has grown taller and it's blocking your, your panels or ah. bird poop <laughs> on your panels or things like that. But the cool thing is you actually have an app uh, a lot of times to take a look at your production output. And uh, you can kind of, if you see that it's kind of producing lower than what you had before, then there must be something wrong there. And a lot of times, as far if there's something wrong then you go uh, the warranty period allows uh, it gives you the ability to send somebody out send the supplier out to go fix it but if it's something maintenance like let's say the tree or like bird poop then you either have to do that yourself or you hire somebody else to do that got it yeah but yeah but a lot of these warranties are usually pretty long though i have to say very cool yeah are we talking like five-year warranties? Um, no, actually much longer that? than that. Oh. So I would say there's actually, um, if you look at, if you get quotes from each uh, supplier, uh, solar supplier, mm-hmm. um, there's really three types of warranty that you have to look out for. Um, the first is the, pa- the solar panel warranty, you know, those UFO warranty. Yes, yeah. UFO warranties. <laughs> uh, so that one, um, usually they give you like a 20 uh, twenty or more, uh, 20 years or more in warranty for that wow. one. Right. In a way, I mean, I think they, a lot of times they anticipate that these panels will be at least... 35, 40 year lifetime, yeah. right? So that's, that's pretty great. The inverter has at least 10 year warranty, you know, that thing that converts solar power to usable energy. And then there's also a roof penetration warranty. And a lot of, a lot of suppliers gives you at least a 10 year or more warranty so on that. So it really covers you beyond that six to eight break even point. Exactly. Like said. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the roof penetration, that one is a little interesting because of course they're going to be putting holes in your roof uh, right. when you install these, right? So you have to make sure that your the supplier is going to give you some warranty against that because if, you know you don't really want to come in, uh, no. bring in your insurance company to figure out you know how, um, these you know, how these are, damages are going to be fixed and things like oh, that. Very yeah. good point. And then you have a note here, lastly, Van, about emergency preparedness. Yeah, so this one is something that a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, this is <laughs> well, actually, it's not really a zombie apocalypse, but I'm just thinking that if we have a major earthquake or if the somehow the electric power grid for right. the community is down, then. Yeah. This should give me a reliable source of energy, at least in the daytime. Right? Yeah, and this is uh, unfortunately it's going to probably make my uh, me very popular in my neighborhood. People well, are going to want to charge hey, their phones. You better, you better be opening up to me, man. Of course, okay. yeah, of course. Hey, you tell your neighbor in their non-electrical grid. Exactly. So this is. I feel like it's another step in disaster preparedness. And we had talked about that in a prior yes. podcast. How yep. paranoid my wife and I are, are with that. So this, yes. it's just another step. Samurai sword. Exactly. So let's let's switch gears and say, well, okay, Van, uh, you know, now I understand the reason why we might potentially go after solar energy. Mm-hmm. Um, how does one go about it? You're in the midst of this. Sure. Uh, walk us through that idea. So first of all, you can go to Home Depot right? <laughs> or, solar city. Or, or Costco and so forth, yeah. right? But really, you can, if, if you just Google solar suppliers around your, um, in, around your area, there's going to be dozens that you could find. Yeah. Actually, when you uh, decide to go forward with... Uh, with solar, there's actually several ways you can actually accumulate, um, obtain it, right? Okay. So the first way is to purchase it outright. Okay. So what are we looking at? So purchasing it outright. So I would say looking again, looking at the average um, American household, it's going to cost you between fifteen and twenty five thousand, uh, twenty thousand bucks. Wow. Not cheap by any yeah, means, not right? Cheap. And in, in this case, it can either be uh, purchased uh, through um, you know with uh, through financing, or you can actually purchase through cold hard cash or okay. you know, suitcase full cash should be oh, fine, right? All right. Put it in the fridge, right? So I mean, in this case, it's like purchase like any other um, thing, any other home improvement you want to do. In so your literally, house. these are off the shelf, almost they're ready to go. Like you can Correct. literally do it that way, right? Okay. Yeah. And then the second, well, 
well, actually, when I say that, yeah, there's still like permitting and all sure. that stuff too. Yeah, but right, usually, right. Um, the purchase price includes the solar company going through and getting the proper permits and approvals and all that stuff. Got so it. it's usually an all-encompassing price. Is what I'm trying to say. And then the second way to do it is um, actually um, our wife's neighbor actually does this. They they actually lease their solar oh. panels. So what a leasing agreement does it allows you to do is you don't own the panels yourself. So they're just installed. You know those UFO things again installed on your roof. Yeah. UFOs. Yeah, and then uh, all you and all you're really paying for is um, is just a fixed cost for every kilowatt hour that you um, that you generate or that you use. Understood. So, for instance, the rate for the energy, like the kilowatt hour rate, is usually you know it fluctuates every single year, right. right, and so forth. Whereas in here, it's basically locks you into one rate for the term of the lease, and usually the term of the lease is between fifteen to twenty five years. Oh wow! Yeah. So again, it's kind of in a way, it kind of fixes your um, your energy bill. But again, if you use more, then you're going to spend more. But at least the rate will not change. I see. Yeah, and a lot of times these leases are zero dollars at zero down, That's which good. is very appealing, right? Yeah. Because if I say uh, because at fifty, if I say like this panel is going to cost you fifteen uh, twenty thousand dollars, and versus if you lease, it's going to be zero. It's going to be very attractive yeah. for most people. Yeah. And I would say I read that most people who buy solar or who go into solar end up leasing because of the very attractive monthly rates and also uh, low upfront costs. Got it. Yeah. All right, and then there's a third one. It's called um, it's called a PPA, which is a pur- power purchase agreement, and. <laughs> This one is a little bit of weird because it's kind of like a lease, but it, it's a, there's something that's fundamentally different. So again, so you you would pr- uh, hire somebody to install the uh, solar panels on your roof. Okay. You don't again. You don't own the panel, so that's very much like a lease, right? Right. But instead of uh, paying like a, a fixed rate for uh, from that person, um, this you know the panel owner, the you know the company that owns the panels becomes like your own utility company, and they will just send you bills based on the those utility uh, based on your usage. And uh-huh. but the, the the weird thing about that is um, it, the the rate for the energy use it, you know and can fluctuate over the years. So they can decide to change it up on you like like a, another utility company would. But I would say the main benefit here is you're using green power, but again like you don't you can't really fix the price that you are, you know, paying at. So that's the main difference between that and the lease. Correct. Yeah. I see. Um, as far as I can understand at least. Got it. Okay. <laughs> and there's actually a fourth option which is oh. doesn't have anything to do with buying or looking for contractors and all that. Essentially your utility company, energy utility company can potentially have a green program where you can specify how much of your power should be generated from green um, renewable resources. So for SoCal Edison, hmm. uh, you actually have a few options. So you have an option where you can go 100% green and uh, where you pay three and a half cents per kilowatt hour, or you can go 50, 50% green where mm-hmm. you pay half that, which is a dollar and 75, um, no, I'm sorry, uh, one, 1.75 cents per kilowatt hour. Yeah. So what does that mean to you for the average consumer? It basically means that your extra your monthly bill will be an extra thirty months um, thirty dollars more for, uh, for you know for um, thirty dollars more extra right to go green. to go hundred percent green. But and you don't have to do anything with a solar panel. Or correct. Do you, do? you don't have to do anything with a solar panel. Oh. They just kind of you know I, I don't know what they do on the electric grid end, but um, effectively they have to basically pump power from renewable resources to you. Right, or you pay fifteen dollars a month extra if you go fifty percent renewable. So, so is that does that actually save you money in the long run, or are you actually paying more? You're, well, you're going to be paying more, right? Because one, um, you yeah. know, I say three and a half cents and one point seven five percent, but uh, those rates can change, <laughs> yeah, right later on, and uh, you know, some of the credits that you get from the energy company can change as well. So, again, this is just what it is today, but we, it, I have no idea what's going to be ten years or fifteen years down the line. So, what what's the benefit of doing this? So the benefit of doing that is if you have a um, if you want to be 
green, but not have the extra upfront cost of buying solar panels and so forth. Or if you want to move, if you tend to move around a lot, or you're living in an apartment, or you don't own your home, then this is a very good way of doing it, right? Because all the other options I provided, you have to actually own your home to do so, or your neighborhood has to allow you to use the, um, to install them in, uh, on your roof. So it's like if you wanted to participate in mm-hmm. this, but not able to, this is an opportunity. Exactly. To do so. Yeah, oh. and it, it's like if you again, if most some people, if they want to, you know, not kill polar bears, that's what they would do, right? Mm, yeah. Wow. Does, that, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Cool. What about drawbacks, man? Drawbacks. Oh, okay. I'm sure you got to have to weigh it all out. The dark side of the coin, right? Okay. So uh, again, first thing is there is a high cost to this, right? The cost of the solar panels is between 15 and 20,000. And again, it's really highly dependent on your energy usage because it could be higher or lower than that, right? So keep that in mind. Again, I mentioned that we ha- you do have to still pay something to your utility company. And I know for SoCal Edison, you have to pay about $120 a year. And it's something that they bill you at the end of the year. Um, so you, you, it's still some cost that you have to as- associate with the utility company. And also, like this is something that I was hoping I could get an answer from my uh, homeowner's insurance agent. But my, my understanding is your homeowner's insurance may increase as well. But why? Because you now have this heavy investment on top of your house that they have to insure. Potentially, yeah. Got it's it. just because let's say your house burns down or whatever, right? Then mm-hmm. if you want to include it in your policy, then you know they'll you have to pay more for that, right? But then if you don't want it, then they'll just rebuild your house without the panels. So does the warranty help with that? You think? I don't know. Probably not. Not, not at all. Yeah. It's more like it's it's your it's part of your homeowner's insurance at that. What about these? I mean, there's so many solar companies out there, Van. If they go out of business, what does that mean? So that means you're out of luck, unfortunately, right? Because you would, if let's say they go out of business and you still have that warranty, that usually that warranty is null and void. But a lot of times, the panel and inverter itself have warranties through the manufacturer. But now, instead of going through one point of contact to deal with those warranties, you have to go through the manufacturer. And who knows if those manufacturers are still there, right? Right? It could be in China, so you have to maybe learn how to speak Mandarin or something. That's yeah. that's a very good point, though. Right. Um, so, but I mean, it's, it, you're right, though, because solar companies come and go all the time. Yeah. And I think in the last few years, when they started this rebate, it was like a big boom, and then now it's kind of kind of trailed off, I, I would say, or at least um, plateaued. Got it. Yeah. Any other cons, Van? Again, if, it really limits on your mo- um, mobility, right? Because. Yeah. If you are the type of person who likes to move every single year, which I hope you're not, yeah. or if you're not the type of person who, let's say, like, who requires you to travel quite a bit and things like that, then this, this is not really a, an option for you because right. you might as well go through, if you want to be green, you might as well go through some green initiative through your utility company, right? Because if you, you know, you really want to stay in your home as um, at least to the point where you're breaking even because otherwise you're just spending more money right. for that electricity. It's not necessary. Right. And uh, there is a, a huge con with the leasing, though, um, that I didn't mention earlier, which was when you sell at your home that has lease panels, the new owners, you have to convince the new owners to basically take over that lease agreement. Oh, wow. And most people don't want to do that because a lot of times with the leasing, the, the solar company itself, they, provide, they put a lien on the house. Meaning that if you don't pay, then they actually have legal claim on your home. Oh so that's, that's a pretty big risk when you do leasing that a lot of people don't really factor in. It actually makes selling your home a lot more difficult. Versus if you buy them outright, and they actually could be an attractive part of your home, right? That um, that may bring just, in more buyers, yeah. right? But in the, if you lease, though, um, you know, you could be, the new owners could be, you know, stuck with a, a term that they don't really care for. Got it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I also listed here that it's not entirely efficient. So, for instance, my my one of my coworkers bought a, like a ten kilowatt system, but right now it's only generating about eight point six kilowatt. So <laughs> oh, no. you, you have to kind of factor in about like a fifteen percent degradation, even oh, with whatever wow. type uh, size system you want. There, did they buy it outright? 
They bought it outright. I yeah, know. I mean, I, I believe they, they financed it, but again, they, they technically will own oh. it after they're done with those um, with the financing terms. I see. Yeah, but yeah, that, but those are the the main cons I have. I mean, there's there's others, but again, those are the the main ones I want to point out. Good. Well, Van, this brings us to a fun part of the. You know, we're almost towards the end of the episode. <laughs> I know you wanted to walk us through your own personal. Oh, right. Situation of what's happened. Do you want to talk to us about how? I know. How long ago was this when you started thinking about solar and actually actively had people come out? I would say I started actively looking maybe about three weeks ago. Okay, but we've been this again. This has been something we've been thinking about for the last yeah. few years. So it's just not, it's just only recently that we decided to take action. It's kind of weird because when we started this whole process, I was exp- I, you know I went to energysage.com, which is a pretty big resource for uh, look, you know researching energy, uh, solar power right yeah. and i put in my info and there they have a way where you put in your info and you send it out and they're supposed to forward it out to all these suppliers and so forth but none of those suppliers got back to me oh that's so yeah, weird. and it's mainly because my power usage is actually very low so in 2017 i looked at my electric bills and so forth and my wife and i uh, well my family use only about 4600 kilowatt hour that year which is less than half yeah. of what the average so American said, household said 10K is. Ten K was the average. Yeah, yeah. So which which is kind of and then what I I keep getting replies back saying, oh sorry, um, you guys are doing great with your energy. You guys don't need it, so whatever, right? Good for you. And I was well, which is fine, but I kind of I, I didn't know if that was a compliment or an insult because yeah. because I think the real answer is that it's not worth it for them to come out to do right. the money because they're not going to get that much money from me, right? So in all of 2017, I only spent about $527 for electricity, which is not that bad. No, not at all. Not bad at all. And again, this is through all the credits and all that stuff that I get from Edison today with the summer program and all that stuff, right? Out of all the companies I, was, I went through, there was actually two that came back to me, which was one was at Costco, and I had to actually get his get the guy's attention. It's usually the other way. Around. Exactly. I was because, talk- oh wow. Yeah, because he. I, I guess I, I wasn't. I probably wasn't dressed really nice, and he thought you that, weren't a high target, my friend. No, I guess not. So because he was talking to another guy, and the, the other guy, he, he didn't seem that interested. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm a super interested. Why don't you talk to me? <laughs> Anyways, uh, you know, I got a quote from there, and then I also got a quote from uh, a referral that uh, from okay. one of my coworkers, right? Based, so how did that go? Based on those two quotes, actually, the quote that was most favorable was actually the one from the referral because they were able to side, provide me a solution that really fits my needs, right? For instance, the target uh, energy allocation that we were trying to target is right around 120% of what we typically use. And the reason why I wanted that was because, first of all, I, I know that I want to, once I get the solar up, I want to be... I want to use more AC, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> These days, like, my wife and I, we usually set the thermostat to around 79, 80 degrees. And, oh, wow. And the only time we turn on the AC is when guests come over. And that's why we get hot yeah. <laughs> in this room sometimes, right? But, well, I was like, hey, I'm not a guest. Right? The AC is never on in here. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good point. But, right, so I, we're probably going to use more energy. And right. second of all, I'm pretty sure my kids are going to use more energy, too, as they grow up. They're probably going to have their iPads and whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so that's something that we had to do. As far as the size of the solar system, uh, solar power system, we're doing a four kilowatt system. So, which means that the cost before the tax credit is right around thirteen thousand, mm-hmm. but after the tax credit is right around ninety two hundred. So, if you were to use it this year, correct, by, by, by twenty nineteen, I should say, right? exactly, yeah, all right, exactly. Um, so, it's not too bad actually, because yeah. I was actually anticipating around like fifteen grand, and the fact yeah, that after lower. the rebate, it's like around nine thousand. That's that's not bad at all. Okay. You know me, right, Kevin? I mean, I can't just go like, okay, let's sign me up and no, all that. No, you gotta I, walk me through. You have to. Yeah, I actually have a spreadsheet, of course, um, of course, that goes through and looks at kind of do a cost analysis, figure out how how long it would take for me to break even and so forth. Because keep in mind, I use less than half of what the average American household, so I'm not going to break even within the ten years, unfortunately, right? I made some assumptions in my right. analysis. So one of the assumptions was that my electricity bill would increase three percent per year. 
I assume that the green rate remains at three and a half cents um, per kilowatt hour. And I also put in here that uh, I still have a bill of $120 a year to SoCal Edison to stay on the grid. Right. So those are the three main assumptions that I made. Ten dollars a month to just plug in for nighttime because exactly. you have to. Exactly. Okay. So, um, so I have th- on top of it, I have three scenarios here. <laughs> oh, actually, two scenarios. Two scenarios. Okay. So the first scenario is that let's say I decide to. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't care about. I don't care about uh, polar know, bears. You know, no I, green. Yeah, no polar bears. Like whatever, right? <laughs> what, what have they done for me? Yeah. Um, so if I were to not use the green rate for SoCal Edison, then my break-even point would actually be sixteen years. Oh wow. Which is pretty long, right? Yeah. And but when you look at it from a twenty years um, standpoint, I would save about twenty five hundred bucks in energy bills, which is again not that it's kind yeah. of peanuts. Twenty five years, I would save about seven thousand, and then in thirty years, I'll save about uh, you know twelve thousand during oh, wow. that time. Okay. So I mean, it gets um, it gets. More Something. you get more and more savings over the years, but again, if I decide not time. to be green, then it's not really uh, math doesn't really work out. Now the second scenario is let's say I decide to go 100% green with Edison, right? In that scenario, my break-even point there is actually not that much lower than before, which is uh, it's actually 13 years instead of 16, mm. which is you know not that still not still that yeah. still not that great. But again, within 20 years, my savings would be right around 6,500. In 25 years, uh, savings would be you know about 12,000, and in 30 years, my savings would be about 19,000. So again, it, and then beyond thirty years, it's just going to keep Same saving thing. more and more, right? Assuming that my system is still working at right. that point. Oh, that's right? a good point. So I did another scenario, though. So what did you what did you do? So I was like, you know, because I'm looking at savings, but I haven't really looked at the opportunity cost of all this, right? Because we always, always talk you know. about opportunity costs, and you know, what can I do with that money instead of putting it into to solar? So I said, let's say like, you know, and so I did a model where I invested, let's say I've invested that $9,200 into the stock market, assuming 7% annual gains. If you look at the, uh, if you look at my balance at, after 20 years, it's about right around 36000 So wow. pretty, pretty significant, right? Yeah. 25 years is about 50000 and then 30 years, it's about seventy k. <laughs> But yeah, then there's okay. taxes on it, so yeah, give and take. But exactly. The but, point is very clear. But the point is that even the opportunity cost is, is still pretty high because yeah. I would, you know, even though I'm saving money with with solar, um, you know, I'm, my opportunity cost is going to outweigh. Yeah, you're actually negative point. in some ways. Exactly. Okay. But so let me get this right: the mm-hmm. ninety-two forty that you're talking about investing in this hypothetical scenario mm-hmm. is the money you paid out of pocket for the solar system. Correct. The solar yeah. system. The solar <laughs> yes. energy system. Yes, because Mercury is <laughs> in my Mercury. house. It's mine. Um, um but if you were to take that and then assuming a certain you know average seven percent gain Mm -hmm. you actually would have a lot more money gained in that way um and it's actually outweighing more of any more of the cost saving i'm surprised about the break even one for not using the green like 2520 years is not a lot of money no not at all like oh my goodness yeah because if you look at some of the uh, the proposals, their their breakdown is uh, when they look at the projected saving, they they think I would break even around eight years, but I'm like, no, it doesn't make sense. Because of your your bill, though, right? It's if be- you were using way more energy, then it would be very different. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Because I know my coworker who referred me, he he says that he did his own analysis. And I think he would break even around like seven eight years. So you guys yeah. just because your bill is so low, mm-hmm. it just. It, it just naturally has to take that much longer right. to cover. So like here, basically, what this analysis is saying is from a financial standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I should just go do the green rate and just do that and just invest the rest. But then again, it, now you, it has to come down to some intrins- what you intrinsically value, yep. right? So I know Absolutely. I value money, but yep. to me, it's, it's not um, just about that, though. Correct, right? I, I, you know, I think it's really important for my wife to, and I to be green. And it's something that, to be honest, I ha- we haven't really made a decision yet on this because of the opportunity costs and so forth. Have you thought about just doing the green rate but not doing a solar panel? 
Yes. So that, so that was, seems like something that might be right up your alley, huh? It could be. You know me and doomsday scenarios. I like the idea of oh, not, uh, having like the that emer- emergency preparedness and things like that. That's a pretty big selling point for me. I but those say. are the intrinsic yeah. values you're talking about. Uh, although my, uh, I have to say, my uh, my director who lives in Florida, uh, when the last you know big hurricane came through, uh, he had solar panels, uh-huh. but it didn't work. Oh, wow. <laughs> but then again, it's you know think about cloud cover, the That's wind, true. and all that. So it, we're not going to get hurricanes in California, yeah. right? If, and then if earthquake happens, I mean, if unless the earthquake was under my house or somewhere really close, then more than likely I should still be able to produce power Utilize after an earthquake. That. Yeah, very right. true. That's very interesting, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, just seeing, kind of hearing your ex- mm-hmm. experience with it. If I'm at a point now having heard all this, mm-hmm. how do I know if it's right for me? Because it mm-hmm. sounds like it may not be from a financial perspective mm-hmm. right for you, but right. you have other factors. But yeah. if, you know, if you're looking at someone else that maybe cares or they're thinking about it. they think it's a neat idea mm-hmm. but they don't you know they don't feel strongly or another what are some things that they should think about sure so i would say in general if you can break even before 10 years i think this is something you should consider okay especially if you don't plan to move out between before that break out, uh, break even period you should also have funds to pay for the panels outright because i know that when i went to the suppliers if i asked them for the cash or check you know basically no finance rate they there was some sort of discount oh interesting. right so that's something that you should look at also, if you plan on having an electric car, uh, because if you have an electric car, it's going to increase your energy bill quite a bit. And I would think having a, a solar solar panel system will help sense, uh, yeah. reduce some of that cost, right? Especially if you plan to keep that car for a while and so forth. Got it. And again, if my wife and I, have, we have a pretty big desire to reduce our carbon footprint. So that's something that if that's really important to you, then yeah, I don't see why not. Okay. Mm-hmm. So lastly, to close out, man, I mean, just let's talk some best practices. Mm-hmm. Let's say I, myself, I'm like, you know, Van, you convinced me. I do want to mm-hmm. go after it. Um, obviously, you just mentioned some good uh, rules of thumb in terms of determining. Um, but there's also the actual physically going to talk to some of these companies. What are some best practices there? Sure. So again, make sure you shop around. I mean, a lot of these best practices is, is, is true for almost everything that yeah, you do, right? For sure. Definitely shop around because you'll see some very competitive pricings. Like I think Costco um, supplier gave me like $4 per watt, which is pretty high. And on average, you want to be like right around like a three and a half. Um, I'm sorry. I'm three and a half. Uh, sorry. It's four cents per watt four for Costco. Oh, and yeah. then you really want to be um, lower than three and a half percent. Per watt, um, because that's really what you want to be. Okay. And you have to also find a, uh, a supplier that is, has been in a business for a while. So yeah. you want to see somebody who's been there for at least 10 years, because even though they may not be there the next 10 years, but at least if they were there the last 10 years, then it gives you big, better confidence sure. that they'll be there for the long run, right? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it kind of applies to everything, right? Right. And okay. I would say, uh, as far as uh, how big of a system, uh, again, I, I like to target around 120% of what we did. Big, and that seems like that's the good round number to use when you're trying to size these, these ones. But again, if you if you feel like you want to spend less, then do maybe do 90% or 100%. That's fine, yeah. too. Um, that way, you're still going to save money from an energy perspective and also be green in the, in the process. So don't think 100%, 20% is the, the golden standard by okay. any means. Also understand the warranties that are involved, right? I, I mentioned those that you have to look at the panel warranty, inverter, yep. leakage, and also uh, I forgot one thing is workmanship as well, right? So make oh, sure right. you understand all of those. Labor costs, yeah. Yeah, and then some solar companies, are they have a production guarantee. So for instance, you're, they guarantee that your panels have uh, are going to be in production for the next like 10 or 15 years. Oh, so that way they don't go obsolete so quickly, right? And the last thing is make sure that the price that you negotiate includes what you call a turnkey or uh, out-the-door price. 
So that way it includes pretty much everything, including permits, taxes, any fees, and et cetera, right? Yeah, so, I feel like that's a big part, too, because I feel right. like people think, like, oh, yeah, you just install it. But mm-hmm. there are permits, you know, you can't right. just do whatever. It's good to know that there are services that they um, do to cover all that stuff. E- exactly. So, yeah, those, those are at least some of the best practices I, I found out. Well, this is great, man. Cool. Uh, I learned quite a bit. I know we're coming up on uh, our, our high watermark. I'm trying to wrap up. Sure. Van, where can people find uh, find out more information about what we do? Sure. Yeah. If you have any questions, comments, or other um, anything you want to talk to us about, actually, please <laughs> feel free. I like how you, you <laughs> it's very professional. You know? yeah. yeah, you know why you want Exactly. It's uh, please email email us at a word about wealth at gmail dot com. Yep. You can also check out our website at a word about wealth at um, <laughs> word about wealth dot com. com. And uh, I guess that's it, right? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Please uh, continue sending in your questions. I'm sure we'll do a mailbag soon. So, Mm -hmm. read, man. (laughs) Read. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Take care.